Buzz Buzz Babies, we are back for a special horror episode for this wonderful spooky season that has just fallen upon us. It's October, baby, and I've got some wonderfully amazing, spooky, kind, talented guests. I'm so stoked to talk to these guys. I've got Horror Master John Lee's in the house, artist extraordinaire Joel Mulvey, Bram Stoker nominee and kick-ass individual Rich Duick is in the house, and, and Alex Cormack, who has done so many amazing art projects with all these gentlemen. They've all worked together. Uh, a lot of them do stuff with Comics Tribe. They've got new stuff coming out with Aftershock. They, they, they probably got secret projects they can't even talk about yet. I'm just so stoked to talk to all these guys. I'm so stoked I was 15 minutes late. Can you believe that shit? I can't. Woo! Oh, anyways, guys, how are you doing? Thank you so much for spending part of your Sunday with me. I'm so excited to have you all on the show. How are you doing today? Well, after that intro, I'm ready yeah, to run through all. Oh, you've got me hyped up. <laughs> Blake, I want to know who you're most nervous to talk with, because I know you, you. we had to talk you off the ledge to get you here 15 minutes later, but we're, not, we're, we're removing Cormac from this, because he's from Vermont, so he's the safe, he's the safest one to talk I'm fine. to. I'm easy, yeah. John Lee's, you need to listen a little extra closer, because yeah. he's got that that accent <laughs> and rich Dewick looks like he could go serial killer any single second so rich rich is the one who, who makes me rich rich does make me nervous just because I, I i respect all of you i love all your work but like i, I rich's writing just like blows blows my mind john 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 and i's talked before john was my halloween episode last year we had we had a great chat and and uh so i've I feel pretty comfortable with him. I've I've talked to Rich before too, um, but like Rich is Rich has been blowing up since the last time I talked to him. Like I, I can't believe he he he's slumming it up with me again. Like <laughs> or, or any of us. Yeah. <laughs> Together we're, we're like the fearsome four. I couldn't I couldn't uh, yeah. couldn't leave my boys hanging. Yeah. I know. I know. This is what I was not just talking about this, like you know, in a podcast just recently. Like I was saying that, like, um, I love all the different combinations of the four of us and how it all brings out different qualities. And like being like a big, you know, wrestling fan, I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm very, I'm very, you know, aware of like the four pillars of heaven as I know in all <laughs> Japan, which is like you know, um, Kawada, Misawa, Kibashi, and Tewi. Like you know, so I like to think of us as the four pillars of hell. Um, so, uh-huh. like, different flavors of horror and macabre like you know what they uh, kind of match together and come out with different combinations See, I kind of thought of it more like 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 uh 70s swingers like we're like white swapping you know, like, like we're artists writer swapping the bowl of keys yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so wait alex that make, makes you and i the wives that's interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> good to know good to know <laughs> And the, I, hey, the artists, the artists are always the pretty ones, right? Like we, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> cater to all That's your true. needs and make guilty as charged, Blake. Yeah. Guilty as charged. They look, they look, way, they look way better naked than than John and I do. That's so. uh, true. I, I, would, I would miss the shoes too for yourself. Do you not see how good I look? Yeah, John. And if you want to work it out, if you want to judge that yourself, just go to John Lee's Patreon, pay the top tier. Yeah, this this the forbidden tier. <laughs> yeah, you got those, those, those form-fitting yoga pants. Every time he posts a picture, <laughs> his pants get tighter and tighter every post. It's crazy. I know. My thighs can't contain it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's amazing. So yeah, we're we're, we're it's October. It's it's the, it's the month that that horror built, and and all of you guys have. 
uh some awesome stuff going on rich uh rich is rich is coming off his his aftershock title uh the ocean will take us which was i think received very well i know i wrote a really great review i, I just yeah, can't do that i just write awesome, awesome reviews review. all the time <laughs> but it was an awesome comic man i i can't I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a decent writer, but like, I can't, you, you can't kiss the ass if the ass isn't, you know, round and, and plump and juicy, right? Like you gotta have that, you gotta have that juice and, and that you, you, you brought the sauce. That should go to your next so business good. card, Rich. Owner of a nice round plump and juicy ass. I think that should I, be on the book jacket. Yeah, that's on the next You guys can bull quote me on that one. Just call Blake's buzz. Uh, and, and John, you've you've got a you've got a new one coming out uh, from from Aftershock. Uh, the the last ride of Pillar and Pride is, is coming yeah, me out. and Joe both. Um, last yeah. ride of Pillar and Pride next next month. Um, no, it is about yeah, it's next month because it's October yeah, now. Yeah, moves forward. Yeah, um, yeah. So next month, um, November 9th. Nice, that's exciting. Uh, and then Alex, you're you're st- everywhere. Like uh, oh. you pop up in like every. You're in so many Kickstarter anthologies and. Um, <laughs> And, and it's almost not fair. You're like, your your art's like. I, I mean, there's a lot of talent on, on Kickstarter, but like when when you do like these covers and 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 interiors for this anthology yeah. work, like you stick out way too much. You're you're just like, you're like I brought the thunder and and like the thunder and the lightning and um so and, and so yeah. I, I'm just uh, I, your art is so it's so visceral and and gross and fierce and I, I love it. I just um I just reread uh Dig. And like, oh, it's so bloody, so, so bloody. And then thinking of like, uh, you know, Sea of Sorrows, which was one of my top comics uh, of last year and and what you did. You know, it's funny. All these people are, are mad about Black Mermaids now. They, they must not have read your guys' comic. It's like, if they're, <laughs> they're mad about Black Mermaids. They should see the mermaids that you guys brought out yeah, of like yeah. every corner of every nightmare. Are eating everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I just, I just think it's really great to discover, like you know, the hidden deep reserves of like you know the, the intensely passionate you know online mermaid fan community. I know <laughs> all these, all these, big, all these like you know red blooded like uh, you know <laughs> hardcore guys really, really worried about color yeah. skin of a, yeah. a little mermaid. It's like I, mermaid. I didn't know they were such like fans. It's like That's <laughs> awesome. listen up, snowflakes, yeah. you don't mess with Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was Beauty and the Beast, or uh, yeah, one of those yeah. other ones. Yeah, that's fine, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but... the, the shit. The shit people get mad about these days, like it, it shocks. Like your uh, your well, life must be there's great. One, there's one thing I've never, I'm never going to be shocked at anymore, which is like what people will get mad at. Last night, I read like a ten tweet thread about someone who was furious that people liked the month of October. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> How dare you look at I'm getting sick of people talking up October. It's not it's just a month. Get a light. It's, it's a frame of time. We kind of <laughs> you know what grinds my gears the passage of time into autumn. Oh, okay, but you started on like April. How could you? <laughs> Tax month. Oh boom. Yeah. I, I don't I, it's the summer months. I don't I don't like to sweat. Like I like I like it when it cools down. Like give me give me fall and winter and Football yeah, season, yeah. I love it, man. Uh, Look, fall is factually the greatest season in the world. The yeah. weather gets cooler. You got postseason baseball, the start of hockey, the start of football. 
I mean, you have everything with pumpkin in it, if that's to your flavor. It's not mine, but it's still enjoyable. <laughs> it's, you got Halloween and you got Thanksgiving. That's it. It's the best you can do. Joe, I'm working on a recipe for pumpkin spice <coughs> oysters, so you could uh, you could feel included. Can I tell you something? I went, out, I went out the other night for dinner with my wife, and we had Mexican oysters at a, rest, at a Mexican restaurant, and it was outstanding. Joe, like, right. I, I, I know your digestive issues. I'm not sure that was the wise idea. Well, we should also get that going because we're trying to get hashtag nervous shitters trending as the way to promote last ride of Pillar and Pride. That's gonna be the name of that's gonna be the name of our fan community. The that's nervous the shitters, the, the nervous shitters. Because yeah. in the yeah. book, uh, Ben Ben Pride, no Ben Pillar is Pillar. Ben Pillar is a nervous shitter. So as he's going through this action horror comedy, he gets into these tense scenes and immediately has to go uh, relieve himself. And it's quite, yeah. I said to John, this book opens up page one, panel yeah. one, a guy on taking the shitter. crap on the toilet. So it's <laughs> like, this was meant to be, John. Like, yeah, you like for sure, well. You yeah. gotta write to your, you gotta write to your artist's strength. So yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, John was just happy to finally send me all those reference photos. He's been cataloging. Yeah, there really is a forbidden tear on on John's yeah. Patreon. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited for you guys to work with uh, with I, AfterShock's one of my favorite publishers. Um, and like I like I mean like Rich, uh, I, I, the Rich they treated you pretty good, right? Like I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, no, I don't want to put you. Oh, I never would imagine like when I'm like, oh yeah, Scout's oh, cool. Uh, and someone would come on the show and be like, no, they actually <laughs> suck. I haven't paid me yet. No, da, 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 da. <laughs> no, it's it was, like it was, just it was... just opens up at 3 a.m. Abusive phone calls he's been receiving. <laughs> Like, you know. <laughs> no, it was it was great working with them. Like the um, the editorial team over there is really really great. Um, I mean, Mike Martz uh, recently announced he's leaving, but he he was amazing to work with. Um, and uh, Christina Harrington and Teddy Leo are the uh, other editors I was working with, and they were both like great as far as um, both their kind of like insights into the story, but also like uh, you know keeping everything on track. Like it just made it very easy um, easy to make the book because. I was very like when they needed something very clear about like when they needed it by and and I was able to like schedule it out. So it just made things like very easy on my end to just like focus on on the writing and not have to worry about do I have to like email Alex another 20 times before he writes me back and then get on the phone and hunt him down like, you know, because he never gets back. <laughs> Alex is, uh, <laughs> Alex is like Alex and Joe are both like uh, like you know, amazing artists and and very communicative. But I've been in positions with like artists before where you know like when you're writing something, it's like especially in the indie space, it's like you're also kind of like project managing it, and you got mm. you you have to keep on top of everybody, and it just takes away from the time that you have to think of the story and and focus on the writing. But one of the things that was great on that was like the editorial team really did handle that end of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Like, you know, it's been, you know, I really enjoyed the process of like, you know, having multiple different, you know, editors, like, you know, kind of chipping in with their views and their opinions on stuff. And generally speaking, I kind of feel like that. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm not sure if you feel the same, Rich. It sounds like it, but they very much kind of come from a place of like trusting your instincts as a creator, mm -hmm. like you know, letting you kind of like for the most part, like you know, do your own thing. But they're there if you need help, you know, or if you need like you know advice for how to do a certain thing. 
Um, and like, I think one of my favorite editorial conversations I've ever had was like this, like I think two day long back and forth, like you know, discussion over email about the logistics of setting somebody in fire with a flame weeder. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> would it work like this? Like, would the flame come out this much? Like, you know, I think it culminated with me sharing like a clip from like Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, some obscurity horror movie. And I was like, I was thinking something like this. They're like, nailed it. You know, so um, it's fun having those kind of creative discussions. I'm very highbrow. Um, but yeah, no, I can really enjoyed working with them as well. It's been a long time coming. Like, as like, you know, an indie creator trying to get your name out there, trying to kind of get like, you know, projects in the go. One of the things like I've always done is like, you know, various editors that I've known, that I know that I've met, like, you know, at shows and stuff. Like, I've always just kept in touch with them and been like, you know, here's the latest thing I'm working on. Here's the latest issue of Sync. Here's this or that. And the one, you know, one guy that always replied all the time, you know, really quickly, like, thanks for sending this. Like, it was always Mike, you know, Mike Marks. Like, you know, he was really communicative. Like, you know, and he always had this idea, like, they wanted to work together once he found the right things. So we've been kind of in conversation for a while, and then the right project came along with Pillar and Pride. Um, and yeah, like, it was just, I just felt like it was meant to be this time. Um, and especially with, like, Joe, um, who I've wanted to work with for ages. Um, because uh, we've been friends for like 12 years 11 years now um so i think like with the aftershock had said like you know we you know like, do you have any ideas for artists you'd want to work with and then like i'd said joe and it just felt they were never happy to work with joe as well they they were aware of his work and were fans of his work and it all just came together from there the last time i interviewed rich all the a lot like a, a large portion of the time it was actually aggravating i had to keep like orienting him to the conversation he just kept talking about how great joe was like he i was like i was like rich i, I get it <laughs> Joe's awesome. Like, let's talk about your colleague. You just wrote Superman. No, no, no. Like, let's, listen, let's not let's not minimalize that as as a subject. Okay, we <laughs> want to talk about it more. You know? <laughs> I said I got a, a note from Mike March early on, and he was just like, "Where have you been?" Like, I, I was just sending in character sketches and and like layouts, and he's like. Why have I not heard of you? Where have you been? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like everybody knows me. I like to, yeah. to my moniker is um, the best person you don't know exists in comics. That's what I'm trying to, <laughs> to promote myself as. Very, very calmly and, and quietly. But hold on. I interrupted you uh, talking about my praises. So please continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, around the time I interviewed Rich was when, uh, like, right, have, I, I don't know if Happy Hill 1 had, had shipped yet, but the Kickstarter was going on and or, or it just wrapped up, I think. And and you had you had said something on Twitter like you I mean, you didn't you didn't throw out any names, but someone had told you that, like, you weren't the artist for horror comics. And and that was like you. That was you someone in my local my LCS. They were okay. like, oh, what are you doing next? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually doing a horror book. And they're like, that's a horrible idea. They said <laughs> that to your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, oh, my God. I'm, you know, like they've seen me in there before and, and all that stuff. So it's not like a complete stranger. But yeah. you know, I was but like, also, okay. I was New like, York, so you know, <laughs> I was like, judge the work before you judge the opinion, and then we'll see. You know, wow, was it someone who worked at the LCS or just someone who was in there? No, 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 just a just a customer. I was about to say, like, what customer service? Like, yeah, you know, I don't, you, I don't know if that's the right project for you, Joe. Uh, it's gonna be uh, twenty-seven ninety-nine for that stack of comics you got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. look, I, everyone has opinions are like assholes, right? So it's okay. Like, I get it. Um, I like I said, I've had you know scathing reviews. I've had uh, complimentary reviews. Uh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Like, I don't let either kind of inflate me or deflate me too much. Um, but I just get to make cool books with these guys, you know? So like, uh, at the end of the day, it's a win. Well, I, th I think you've set the record straight. I know, I know with Happy Hill, um, I, I, I had the same uh, feeling with, um, 
the oceans will take us. There was this like, it was this really like uh, intense horror story, like juxtaposed with, you know, slightly more animated and upbeat imagery um, mm-hmm. and, and brighter colors. And, and, you know, like I, I, I don't mean this offensively, but like cutesy characters, like round, big eyes, oh, yeah. like very animated, but like it works. And I think it, it makes the, it makes the, you know, what we call like a jump scare in a comic work even better. Like I'm thinking of like Happy Hill and like, you know, when Mackenzie's running through the forest and she's crying and she's terrified, like it's, it's intense. And when people die and, and the, the twigs and roots like rise up and pierce their skin and like come out from behind their eyeballs and rip them in half, like that's very much like Alex, Alex is like, terrifying like territory right like he's he's very like you know bloody and grotesque as well so for people to to say that like you're not made for that genre like i mean you send that guy an invite i'll tell him to go fuck himself right now like you no, bring him in see, here. here's the beauty of it the proof is in the pudding right like if yeah. you look at it and then you still don't think i could do it that's fine everyone has an opinion i'm i'm of no mind that let me the opinion sway me either way but I, like I'll, I'll be honest with you and i don't mean to I, i'm not i don't think breaking any trust here I'm not a sci-fi guy. I don't really like science fiction as a genre myself. But mm-hmm. when Rich, you know, told me about Wailing Blade and we started talking about Wailing Blade, I was like, all right, I want to do this. And then like, he might even tell you, I got a little too carried away. Like, I was like, I don't want it to look like anything else. I want it to, ju- you know, like, um, I want it to like be unique and stand out. And I mean, Rich can speak to it more because I probably have a, a rose colored uh uh, appreciation of it but i like i did a hundred designs of the swords i designed different flowers different trees different di- like yeah that that's the thing it's like uh, like you know when i was writing the script for welling blade like you know i mean it takes place on like a planet like you know like like a normal planet and, and it's like so i might write something like you know uh the head taker like walks through the trees now joe could have just drawn trees and i wouldn't it wouldn't have even like crossed my mind to be like dude, these trees, they just look like, you know, like, like, what are these elms? Like, come on, dude. Like, you know, like, this is, this is like an oak. Like, you know, tree for a head one. Get some, you know. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have thought that was like lazy or weird or in anything, but like, he kind of like when he, when he first started sending designs, it's like, it, it, he just like went nuts with like, uh, just sort of creating this whole, like, um, I guess like world and like visual language of like, you know, like how, how everything would work. And I think that's why, you know, I, I loved it. Like I loved like every, every, you know, every sketch, every, um, every page that came in because it was just sort of um, creating this like entire world. It, it almost reminded me of like, um, you know, a movie wasn't out at the time, but like Dune, how like Dune, like you can like look at like almost any, any like still, like any costume or, or thing. And you're like, oh, wow, that, that, that must be from Dune because yeah. it's like, it, it's got like a very strong, like, um, you know, even, even something like Star Wars or Star Trek, like they, they just have like a style to them. And I think yeah. that's like what Joe is creating for Willing Blade, which was just amazing. And to like give a further kick into this guy at Joe's comic book shop that said he is a sweet daughter, <laughs> you know, just we'll just join in like the queue. <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> but I would say, like, you know, I know some people have this impression of this idea of, like, horror art as, like, it should be kind of scratchy and dark and, like, you know, like, you know, really intense and, like, you know, and, like, I I like books like that as well. I think I've read some great horror that has that kind of really intense, shadowy, moody, like, abstracted kind of style. But for me, I really, in horror, I quite like the kind of, like, touch of, like, expressive art and faces, kind of, like, you know, like, that kind of, like, almost softer and lighter feel, like, you know 
mean, like Joe has that, but I think actually Alex has that as well. Like, you know, where like you know he has like you know the faces are really expressive. Like, you know, the art's like a little stylized. It's very energetic and kinetic. And for me, it kind of ties into I think that. Um, horror and comedy are actually very closely linked in a lot of ways. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think some of the best, like, you know, so much like some of the best comedy is a little bit scary. I think, like, some of the best horror is a little bit funny. Like, you know, and um, I think Alex and Joe both capture that really well in the stuff that they do. Um, I know, like, you mean, not everyone might agree, but I think some of, like, the gore that Alex draws is hilarious. Like, you know, um, <laughs> so... Um, and, and like and even even with the other people I've worked with, like you know, like Ryan, Lee, and Ian Laurie, like you know, they all have that slightly cartoonish touch in their art as well. Like you know, I think that actually works really well for horror. Yeah, it's it's a it's basically a can you tell a story? You know, yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't matter. Like you know, if the character looks cartoony, if he looks like serious, if it looks, I mean, whatever it is, as long as it's the story you're getting across. I mean, that's and you know, everybody knows that. That's what it's all about. Because if you're not doing that part, it doesn't matter how good it looks. If it's, if it's yeah. crap, it's crap. You know. Yeah. The annoying thing about Alex is, in the time he just said that sentence, he drew half an issue. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm sitting here twiddling away on a background inks, and yeah. Alex is like, "Nope, I just did four covers." Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so Joe's got a finished page sitting there, and he's just like, you know, doing this with a pen, so he looks into artistic, you know. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing hitting the paper there. It's just he's, <laughs> he's just waving it around, <laughs> just like it flexes his bicep, you know, like you know, look at. Where's the piece of paper? <laughs> yeah, all right, I have a good shot here. All right, that's so, so, Alex, are you are you like are you known for being like fat like just cranking out the pages i like i because looking at your stuff well, it's, it's so detailed he's a machine yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then like he's you know like everyone keeps on you know people keep on bringing up that thing like you know um the triangle of comics creation like an artist can be like you know good fast you know or nice you know like you know if you're lucky you'll get two like most people just get one alex breaks that because like you know one he's excellent two like he's one of the loveliest guys you'll ever meet and three he's just obscenely fast like you know um uh, well like you know like for me it's like um because we're in different time zones like you know i'll wake up like you know like, oh there's a new page for alex in the inbox like you know oh there's a new page for you and then there'll be another page like you know just arriving in time for lunch i'm like oh another page from alex you know um he just like shoots them out like a machine gun the only time like you know it, the, I think the slowest alex ever was was when his son was first born it's like oh my god i'm sorry i'm gonna be so slow with this issue and then the speed that came out was like a normal comic artist speed like, you know, <laughs> it was sync too uh, issue two, and I was like, "Listen, I know we're in the middle of this, but I just had a kid." And you're like, "I don't want to get results. Let's go, let's go, yeah." Like, it keeps you on your toes there. too if you're if you're writing month by month because it's like I'll be like Alex will be like sending pages, and I'll be like, "Fuck, I got to start the next script because I don't want it to get behind." Like... <laughs> yeah, we're so Rich and I are doing another book right now. We can't talk about it just yet, but um, yeah, that was the situation just a couple of days ago. Like, here's the last page, and like, I'll get that. I'll get that for uh, after New York. After New York. Yeah. Will, will this new book be announced at New York Comic Con? It will be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think like the, the day before is when uh, it's officially going to be like uh, announced and we're going to be like talking about it all weekend. But, like, I, know, <laughs> I know what it is and like all I'll say about it is it's really excellent, something really special and I'm super excited um, for more people to find out about this. Uh, I think it's going to be something really good and people are going to really be blown away. Well, looking yeah. at their previous works at, at IDW, I mean they're 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 two for two. So we're I mean we're we're this must be like the the closing of the Holy Trinity, right? Uh, yeah, I mean like what we can say is like it, it's kind of like a capper to to you know not a capper, but like it's in next it's in like, line. 
next yeah. in line of, of like you know kind of like what we've been doing at uh at idw so it's it's going to be it's almost like an informal kind of trilogy you know what i mean like it's not a trilogy in the sense of like uh star wars empire strikes back and return of the jedi it's a trilogy in the sense of like well, like uh you know, Shaun of the dead Lord of the Dead. Right, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way did no, you see yeah, how like, crappy right. my trilogy <laughs> reference was i was like hunger games like no, but like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and End of the World is like, you know, they call that the Cornetto trilogy because Edgar Wright was like, it's like there are three movies that are completely different. You know, like one's a zombie movie, one's an action movie, one's a, you know, weird pub crawl movie with uh, aliens. Yeah. Spoiler, sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they, you know, when you, when you kind of dig into them, they really have like certain themes in common and or exploring mm. like all the same things and i think that's like what we've been trying to do with these well I'll i love you, the it's, mental it's, instability yeah it's something in. of something that's that's yep. what i could say um, <laughs> pale of <laughs> shit well it's been released the info's out there now guys <laughs> Yeah, you have to work up a cover for that now. Can I do a variant? <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> By the way, that should be the name of this episode. Yeah, <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, just just uh, just yesterday, I, I finally read Road of Bones, and so like last year, I loved Sea of Sorrows. It was on my it was on my you know top comics of the year show that I did, which was the most ungodly stressful thing I've ever done in my life. I I had to end up doing a top twelve because I couldn't narrow it down to ten. And then like and then even last year, I was like I'm like I was already thinking of like I was like man like you're gonna have to do this again next year right and it's like and then now it's like we're in october and i got like two more months left and i, I, I started thinking about it i was like i don't want to do like that was so stressful to like it, it, it's a trap i started doing top 10 comics like 12 years ago and i can't stop <laughs> but it uh it, it really blew me away like alex's art is is really terrifying and and there's like i i remember reading sea of sorrows and i remember like justin birch saying like I just lettered the fucking craziest comic page I've ever seen in my life. And then, and then Rich sent me the review copy and I read it. And, and like when that mermaid's jaw drops and it's like her whole body and, and like the teeth and the, the, Oh my God. Like I've never seen anything like that before. Right. And, and, and again, and then I got mad because I was like, this isn't what the little mermaid's supposed to be like. She's supposed to sing pretty songs and have seashells on her titties and like be happy. But I was like, that got me. And you had another page in, uh, in Road of Bones, which was funny because it, it's a page that it doesn't really have any blood and it's, it's coming up right when they're having the conversation, when they're, they're out of food and they're, they're about to like the, the stab the, the guy who's sleeping and they're, they're talking about how they got to eat him. And he's like, but he's my friend. I don't want to do it. And then we get that, that splash panel of them walking down. Uh, they think he's sleeping right. And his eyes are wide open and you can just like oh, yeah. the terror just bleeds yeah. out of the page and, and just like in, enraptures the, the reader. 
I was like, I was wildly uncomfortable. And, and, <laughs> and I just like, it's amazing that you can elicit that kind of emotional, like flight or fright response from your audience through, through your art. Like it, it's so okay. impressive. And, 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 and like a lot of the covers I've seen you do for like some anthology work, like, uh, um, uh night the nightmare uh nightmare theater anthology volume two oh, yeah, like yeah. your your zombie movie theater cover like good god man like you're just like and and yeah you're you're like you you seem to be like so nice and kind online to people and just like happy and everybody loves working with you and then and then you're just like yeah and then i just sit at my desk and, and make nightmares <laughs> it's <just> crazy <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I found the horror creators, you know, like, are largely a very lovely, well-adjusted bunch, like, because they get all of, like, their nasty impulses out in the page. It's the, you know, yeah. like, the cutesy <laughs> nice, the ubu um, creators you've got to watch out for. They're just balling <laughs> all in. Yeah, did they have, like, a comparison thing with, like, uh, Junji Ito and uh, uh, what's the dude that does, like, the uh, those animations? Uh... Miyazaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, he's, like, miserable and, like, upset all the time. And Junji Ito's like, hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, making making essay, essay uh, manga about his cats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, I got these cats. They're great. Even out of all of us that do horror, I mean, like, you come meet I, – I've, I've said this in another interview – John and I, Rich and I, Alex and I, if we're at a table together, we're normally like really laughing hard about something for like yeah. the whole time. You know, I recently heard someone say that they think, I think it was Declan Shalvey, but I could be wrong. So if I'm, if I'm wrong, that they, they equate going to a convention like doing um, a performance, right? Mm. You go there and you want to be easily to be interactive and all that stuff. I think that we might need the Beatles of comics if that's the case, because we <laughs> are the most interactive, happy to meet you, glad to talk to you people in the world. Because when the four of us are together, it's nonstop laughter. And I've been alone individually with each of them. And again, hysterical nonstop laughter. So, I mean, uh, I think there's something to be said that nice people do good horror. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this. All of us is the Beatles. Here's yeah, the the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, we've we've been talking for for 35 minutes. I couldn't imagine like running into a con table with with all you guys. Like I just like. <laughs> I just like this is I was already so excited um but I I also get nervous sometimes too cuz well especially when I have more you know more like several guests you know you never really know how what kind of clusterfuck it's going to be or like you know <laughs> the I, then, then you got to worry about everybody yeah. getting time you know equal time to talk and stuff I mean as mm -hmm. a, as a host like 5 minutes into this conversation I was I already forgot that I made you guys wait 15 minutes and just felt oh, yeah. entirely comfortable It was so, a big move all right listeners listeners of this show I mean, I've never seen it done before it was an alpha dog move where yeah. he had us all in the waiting room and then he was like oh totally forgot i had it because something about yeah. i don't know kansas city and ribs i don't know what the, uh, <laughs> the, the sun the, the clouds are out so the sun hit the pulled pork in the wrong way i was it's funny though because like if you talk about conventions i mean conventions are really kind of like how all this happened like like it's why we're yeah. friends uh because we we were all kind of involved um, in one way or another with uh, with Comics Tribe, which mm -hmm. is. And I think know, I, I think I think I feel, I feel a special kinship with you, Rich, because I think we both had our first convention was New York Comic Con. Yeah, New York, New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was 2011, and that was when I yeah. first met John. I first met yeah. Joe, and then I think I didn't meet Alex that year, but it was like pretty shortly after yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know if I was. I, I was 2012, 20. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like you know we would we were all like 
depending on, you know, depending on timing, like maybe somebody had a book, current book with Comic Tribe or somebody didn't or whatever, but like we were all kind of hanging out together and, um, and just talking and shooting the shit and going out afterwards. And I mean, like, you know, sync is the reason why I thought of Alex for, um, for Rota Bones, because I saw what he did in sync, which is a book, a comic shy book. And I was like, Holy crap. Like, you know, I think he'd be a really good fit for Rota Bones. Let me, let me tell him about it. And he loved the idea. Um, so, you know, that's how that happened, but that wouldn't have happened if we weren't kind of hanging out at conventions and showing each other, each other's work, like, you know, like, um, you know, uh, Comic-Shine is not like a huge publisher, you know what I mean? It's like, like Joe was saying, like when he met Mike Martz, like Mike's like, where have you been? Like Joe, Joe's done like, you know, two, three series of Comic-Shine <laughs> by now, you know, and it's like, and if you don't encounter it, you, you know, you don't, you would never know. So I just think like, you know, the conventions are really kind of how this like, you know, little group got together and then, you know, it's pretty amazing. I mean, like I live in Glasgow or, you know, I'm not even in Glasgow, outside of Glasgow, like, you know, and like at what other context would ever have the chance to like, you know, meet like, you know, these like three like, American yeah, yeah. guys, like, you know, and I used to think it's like a wonders of comics that bring everyone together. And like, I, I do think like Rich is talking about, like, you know, it is that very special environment of like, it's because like, you know, we built that friendship out, you know, over all these years, you know, that, you know, that has then blossomed into, like, that these working relationships, and, like, I know a lot of people talk about networking in comics, you know, and, like, you know, how it's important to, like, meet, meet this person, that person. For me, I think what's more important than going to see if you can, like, become best friends with, like, you know, the med the editor, the group editor of Marvel, or, like, you know, the, whoever's writing Batman or whatever, is I think, like, you know, it's important to kind of build up friendships with peers and contemporaries, like, you know, that you can then celebrate in their success as, you know, you all like kind of like progress to like your journey of like you know making comics which is my way of saying i want to ride rich's coattails to like you know the strategy <laughs> but, but, but like no but for me like you know that's like you know i think you know i think i'd, I'd said this recently like you know for me one of the purest joys of you know making comics or collaborating on a comics project is it's like getting to make cool shit with your friends um like, you know and like you know if you're going to be marketing books together going to conventions together you're going to be spending a lot of time like with these people you know so i think that's one of the highlights is like you know getting you know a group of people together that you enjoy working with and hanging out with and then to go back to the beatles analogy like, you know it's a bit like you know like a band like you know like you know you're jamming together like you know it's um it's a lot of fun like i think that's one of the highlights of the whole process that who's and all the, the power. Who's the, who's the, the gears that like breaks that breaks the band up and sends, takes takes John Lennon away from everybody? Hey, Joe. <laughs> it, it'll be me, but it'll be you know, it'll be me because yeah. I go full diva or something. What yeah, he's gonna snap like I know like why he's already talking about how he's like you know the best talent in comics, you know, in the, in, like, the Beatles of comics. His ego's out of control. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, the best like, that no one knows, so I can't. Be that celebrating the success is one end of it but also kind of like you know talking having somebody to commiserate with like the frustrations is like another you know what i mean it's like if like something gets turned down or or like you know you're having trouble with something it's it's really great to have people you know you can like kind of uh vent to i guess without any yeah. you know repercussions like you know it's no, like, that, that's really really valid yeah. as well like i like I, 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 for the most part i try and present an image of like positivity and yay da, 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 online but i think all three of these guys at some point like you know at least in the last month if not in the last week like you know i've went and like you know oh i hate my life like, what am i doing like you know to hold them at various points so um that's actually that's absolutely true nah. 
I'd like, I, I was interested to see, to listen to you guys say like, you know, there's so much talent at comics tribe and, and it is unfortunate that like not everybody knows about it, but it also like a lot of people also do know about it. Cause I mean, the Kickstarters do very well. And then, and then they do that, the, you know, they kickstart and then they go to the direct market as well. And then they always make these fucking gorgeous die cut hardcovers for everything. And, and, and there's just like, there's so much pride in, into the, even the production part, like after the story and art have been curated. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I found out about comics tribe, uh, with sync and then and then found out more about it once like i started talking to rich and and reviewed sea of sorrows and and then like and then, since then i've been like you know at, at their kickstarters like never missing it but i i watch these kickstarters like blow up and and they they do mm-hmm. really well um uh you know dig did wonderfully um you know and 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 then you guys are doing like a really short like you know like it's like they're they're over as soon as they start almost for for happy hill and mm-hmm. and they 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 fund real quick too and then the next month get go out to direct market so like it's really shocking to me that like so many people uh still don't really know about this epic indie you know boutique publisher um but you know charlie stickney as scout said the same thing to me the other day he said when he goes to smaller cons no one ever knows who he is like he they or, or they haven't heard of scout and 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 mm-hmm. whereas like when you go to like new york or san diego or, or c2e2 or these bigger shows like you know indie comics have like a bigger place there and, and you know more more people come but like what is you know you guys are very talented uh indie creators like what is a way to, to combat this you think like I mean, you, yeah, you can talk to people like me who make you wait for 15 minutes before you get to talk about your comic books and, and you, you do shows like this. And of course you go to cons. Um, but you know, like, you know, John, you can't go to every con, right. Cause you're, yeah. you're, you're across the pond. So you, you, yeah. you can and even more now, like, you know, like post COVID, it's like the thought of like locking myself in an airtight plague box and launching myself across the Atlantic <laughs> seems less than thrilling. <laughs> so, so what what do you what do you guys think a, a good way like how do we get people to uh, and you're probably like yeah we think the same thing motherfucker we want more people to read our comics <laughs> yeah, obviously <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give you the short answer of it is it's got to be outreach it's got to be putting the books in people's hands letting them see the outstanding quality letting them see the outstanding presentation like i i'm not speaking for him but i know in many business meetings with tyler james who's the eic over at, at comics tribe mm. he his plan is to make the best quality books that he can. So when you go in and pick up Happy Hill number one and and put it next to a bunch of other books, the paper stock is better. Yeah. The, you know, like like he puts time and effort into the presentation. Um, I think you know, I, I don't think there's a more popular book there than Sync, you know, and rightfully so because of of John and Alex's uh, career and all that stuff. But I don't think that they put out any books that I would not say. Um, stand the test of time are on pace with or exceed the quality up against it that it's measured by against any other book on the shelves. So I think like, you know, uh, Tyler wears 27 hats when he's doing that company. So, you know, outreach and getting into more shops isn't unfortunately like the best thing that takes up a lot of his mental space. But I think if, if we can continue to advocate for it and the readers can, and we can put those books in people's hands, I think that's going to make a difference at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all things considered, when you consider, like, you know, that Comics Tribe, like, the direct market publisher is probably, like, you know, 
third place behind like you know the online like you know educational empire that Tyler James is you know founded through like you know <laughs> crowd, you know comics launch and crowdfunding, and then you have like you know the fact that he's like really nailed the market like in Kickstarter and crowdfunding with like heavy hitters over there like you know given that like you know maybe like the direct market's like third place in the priorities behind those all things considered is probably still doing pretty well. Well, and also think about how many people he has helped do yeah. Kickstarters and do, you know, independent books yeah. and how much he, yeah. he has, a, what is and, it, uh, Comics Launches, his podcast. Yeah, that, like, and there's people who, there's people who you would think of as, like, bigger names than, like, Tyler, who went to Tyler to find to figure out how to do, like, you know, reach out for newsletters or how to do oh, a crowdfunding campaign. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's, like, you know, like, behind the scenes, he's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, like the, sh- the, the, like, the the harsh reality is is just that there's like a lot of comic readers are kind of in their own little bubbles like you know there's people who only read marvel there's people who only read dc there's people who only read indies you know there's people who only shop at their comic store there's people that only only do kickstarter and it's like mm-hmm. if, if you're talking about expanding your reach then it's like you you have to uh get in those spaces like just having a great book isn't enough it's like you know once you know if you have a great book like once people read it you know when you know you know it's like you know then they recommend it to their friends and you know hopefully they'll read it and and it just builds but just kind of um having like an indie book that's going to you know blow up to the level of like you know i don't know like a saga or or something like that mm-hmm. it's, it's just like the reality is it's like it's really hard so it's like if you want to kind of if you want to a certain segment of people to know about your book then you kind of have to meet them on their terms to start with at least you know what i mean so it's like like if you want to be in the direct market uh you know where like somebody walks into a comic shop and and picks up your book then you have to kind of focus on that and you talk to you know number one you you want to do your best to um do your book with a publisher that is um you know in the direct market that like, you know, if somebody is like, knows like vault comics or knows like boom and it's like, and sees that logo and says like, Oh, like this is a new book. I like that other book by them. Let me check this one out. That's one part of it. The other part of it is talking to store owners and just being like, Hey, like, you know, I've got this new book. Um, I think it's really cool. Like, and, and you know, hopefully, hopefully you do too. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, this is cause the store owners, are really your first your first customer yeah you know, they're, they're, they're customer. the ones they're the ones who are going to be ordering it um and they're the ones that are going to be selling it so like if you can build a good relationship with um with some owners that like when somebody walks in their shop and says hey what's cool they're like oh uh you know yeah like uh spider-man was really cool this week but also if you want something different you should check out this book sync by uh you know you guys, uh, John and Alex, uh, it's really like, I, I like they sent me a preview of it and blew my mind, you know, like that's kind of like what you really have to do. Yeah. It, but they're really, like Joe was saying, it's really like, like old school fucking like salesmanship, like, like yeah, I mean, that's the audio you're selling comics out of the trunk of your car, basically. Yeah. So. But, it, yeah. but it, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like person to person, like word of mouth and stuff like that. There's no like, but there's no stronger advocate than a retailer because yeah. like Rich just said, yeah. we have so many people that have found us through Comics Tribe and I can name a list of great retailers that have like helped us over the years, uh, you know, from the people at Third Eye Comics, Forbidden Planet, uh, like I don't want to keep yeah. naming it, like Jetpack, like there's just retailers maximum all over the country and over the world that have been like, 
I didn't know much of you, but man, like when we were talking with Steve Anderson, Rich and I, maybe last year when Happy Hill launched, and he was like, you just keep giving me quality books and I can sell them to anybody. You know what I mean? Like, so like it, there's a difference of, I don't know them in the beginning. Uh, I bought 10 copies of their book because I thought it was a cool cover and a cool concept. And then the next series, they buy 25. The next series, they buy 150. The next series, and they could sell it and kind of be the in-store advocate for you and for yeah. your comics. And it's so people I mean, are doing that all over the world. Like it builds up. And I, I just think you just have to come to terms with the fact that there's no quick fix. It's always going to be incremental by degrees. It's going to be like, you know, the next book maybe gets a bit more, I mean, more eyes on you. Maybe you bring out, like, you know, a book that kind of gets some attention and that makes people look back at your older stuff again. It's always going to be step by step. And it can become a bit demoralised. Like, sometimes, like, trying to promote, like, you know, your comic on Twitter, like, you know, or social media feels a bit like just, you might as well just be going out into the street and, like, screaming into your nearest bin. Like, you know, like, it feels like that would be a bit is productive but I'm like against the horrors of the algorithm but um yeah like man that to... shit's crazy mm-hmm. right now like trying to figure I, out i mean how to post stuff is just a headache yeah. now if you want to talk about something that like a lot of people see as like a potential shortcut is like let's say you you have the money and like it works out that you can like get like uh like a just an insane cover artist like somebody like I don't know, Bill Sinkovich or, uh, you know, uh, Alex Ross or something. And it's like, it's like, you know, you, 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 you've got the money to burn and, and you, you drop like, you know, however many grand it costs to like get that person for your comic. And, you know, it's like, yeah, it's going to boost your sales because there are certain collectors out there who like, are just going to like pick it up because they pick up everything that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that artist does. But then you have to understand that like a very large percentage of those people are just going to take that, put it in, a, put it in a bag, ship it off to CGC, and get it slabbed, maybe without even reading it. And yeah. if you don't have, if you don't have that kind of money to drop on like every single issue that you do, it's like you're you're not going to kind it's of, uh, yeah, it's not sustainable, and you're also not going to get the kind of, um, the kind of buzz and word of mouth that will lead to like the next the next job or the next bigger profile thing because. Yeah. You know, if like, uh, let's say you're trying to um, work with like uh, an editor at, um, you know, I don't know, Marvel, let's say, like they're not stupid people, like they're going to look at it and they're going to say, oh, well, yeah, you dropped like 10 grand to get this cover. Like that doesn't mean the book's good, you know what I mean? So it's like, like saying, like you know, like I did a cover, you know, like you know, Bill Sinkovitz did a cover for me, like you know, that's not going to, they're not going to, well, they're going to be like, well, yeah, big Bill Sinkovitz did a cover for us too, like so, you know, so yeah, covers for us, you know, but I think like and that's really true, Rich, because like Alex, you know, you we have like you know that experience of you know, Sink had this moment for a very brief limited time, like when issue one came out, it was like a little mini hysteria over it and it was like speculators were diving on issue one covers and like we're doing the variants and they had like you know a real small it was a real small period of like tense like spiraling prices on ebay and like people just going mad for it and what i remember is that year was 2017 like one instance i remember was um people come it was the same group of people when they came up and buying multiple copies of like all the different variant covers they had and they must have spent triple digit sums just buying multiple ones of these books and like you know like we know 
sections are like a half like you know ten A covers, ten B covers, like you know some of the the retailer exclusives, some of like the convention exclusives. And what we we were sitting next to each other, and we heard them talking while they were walking away with their bags full of stuff. And then one of them goes, "Did you hear them talking about that book?" And they were like, "Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I might actually read one of these." Oh wow! I mean, I I, I get why the speculator deal happens, but it, I I mean, they are kind of, they're the piles of shit of the comics. I think sometimes I know sometimes it's good for you I guys. Got nothing. I got nothing against people that that collect or speculate or whatever. It's like if that's your thing, then cool. I'm just talking like from a from a creator standpoint. Like, will getting a Bill Sinkovich cover help you? Yeah, but it's not like uh it's not like your golden ticket like you know yeah. like if i could just yeah. get that cover then i'm made in the shade you know what i mean it's, it's like it's yeah. like uh it's like uh, in uh bill and ted's excellent adventure they're talking about getting eddie van halen to join their band like let's do that <laughs> yeah. all right guys i haven't like, seen the movie yet no spoilers like, i <laughs> don't get the, don't get them at the at the end of the day all that really does is it makes that conversation with with the retailer or with the customer like a little easier because you could say like hey i got this like awesome cover but it's like you're still gonna have to sell the book right. you know so yeah. there's just certain things that there's no way around when you're when you're talking about getting the word out and and having a successful book yeah so i didn't know this until like a, a few months ago that the the talks that you guys have privately with realtors as creatives like i always imagined that that was like you know with kickstarter yes like it's very grassroots you're on the ground you're promoting your own stuff and then i didn't realize that even with like uh bigger indie publishers that that's still often the case with you all that you guys are calling your local shops and and saying like hey i got this new book coming out like i'm you know we could do like signings i think it's gonna be great let me tell you about it let me send you a pdf like kind of get these people hyped for it because i mean I, i'm very much an advocate for that i mean like um like yeah aftershock for example last year the power and pride aftershock have a great marketing department great mm -hmm. outreach like, we had a big conference call with like another you know, retailer support network and like you know their marketing you know director and they do a lot of that work as well they contact retailers too but i think the personal touch goes a long way like you know it's one yeah. thing hearing from a publisher it's another thing hearing from the writer of the book saying this is my book that i'm proud of and i hope you like it like i think that makes yeah. a difference so over the course of the past month, I have sent between um, emails and um, Facebook messages, whatever, I've probably sent like maybe like a five digit number, like tens of thousands of like emails oh, wow. and messages to like, you know, um, various like retailers, just like, you know, because at one point, like maybe a, couple, a few years back, I spent like, you know, literally probably months just like compiling like contact details for every retailer that sells English language comic books, you know, in the world, essentially, <laughs> like, you know, and, like, you know, and I will just go to this list and like, like maybe like 95, 90% of them, like, you know, you never hear back from or whatever, but every, you yeah. know, for every time I do it, you'll get a few people messaging you saying, oh, thanks, that's great, this book looks really good, I'll order it, or you'll get a few saying, oh yeah, I've been a fan of your books and I've been ordering them for a while. Both of them feel great. And it's always good to know that, you know, you're kind of like reaching out there amidst the noise and you're connecting with people. Yeah, because I do know, like every Monday Aftershock sends out their press emails. I've been, they were yeah. one of the first people I was, th that I got to be on a press list with when I started Blake's Buzz. And like, they're, those those trains run on time. Like 8 a.m. Monday morning, I get I get that week's comics like to to read and talk about and, and share. and well, well, I mean, not share the PDF, but like, you know, share... 
<laughs> Giving yourself away there, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 them around to various gossip net sites I, on the internet. I, I, I don't tell anybody that. Like that's that's how I got four thousand followers on Twitter because I'm just like, follow me, I'll send you all my review yeah. copies. You know, <laughs> download the podcast. That's <laughs> um, what you got to do, man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, some some uh, some publishers aren't that great about that. Like uh, the the. Uh, like uh you know idw is is, i've been trying to get on their list forever they're they're a little more strict uh with stuff and like uh boom sends their stuff out every friday image sends their stuff out every friday um and i think that helps a little bit and they also send out really great uh press releases and then previews of like you know different covers and pages uh for for blogs and, and people to share and those those good presser emails always come with a few quotes from you guys like, you know, hey, this is why I believe in this comic this is why I'm excited about this comic. And then like usually the artist will say something as well. And uh, and so like, you know, and, and that's the stuff you don't really or if you do get via Kickstarter, that's you guys doing that yourself through Kickstarter updates and, and you know, email blasts and stuff like that. Um, and so, I mean, like in, in that instance, is it like is it a little easier to get with these like indie publishers or or is it i mean you are you guys still like no like we're we're still like in the trenches like fighting for our comics and like it's still like it sounds like it's still kind of like on your shoulders i don't think i'm ever gonna lose that mentality because like you know even when you have publishers who are doing all this stuff for you i still think that the creators who are going the extra mile to like promote their stuff and get their stuff out there um, are always going to maybe have a leg up, you know, from the mm. ones who don't essentially, like you know, I think like you know, maybe that's maybe that's just the optimism talking. But I kind of feel like you know, if you're not going to talk up your book and talk about how great it is, and you know, black you know, yeah. about it to anybody yeah. who listens, who is, you know, yeah, um, it yeah. is kind of a yeah. red flag. Like, like if I don't, well, if you don't, like, if you don't believe in your own work, like why should yeah. I buy it? I guess yeah. it's yeah. just yeah. That, it's like you're you you are your your number one fan and your number one advocate, and you can't expect any anybody to kind of fight for your book as hard as you're going to fight for it. And that's yeah. all it really is. It's like, you know, um, it's not, and it's not even something that like I would knock a publisher for, you know what I mean? It's like take any publisher, like Aftershock, um, IDW, whatever. It's like, it's not like Ocean was the only book going out that, you know, the only Aftershock book going out every month, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's like at least like five or six titles, like, you know, sometimes even in the same week. Um, so, and they only have like, you know, X amount of people and you can't expect that they're going to give you kind of like all the attention, you know what I mean? It's like they, they have other books and they have other books that are, you know, uh, for s- some reason might be more of a priority, you know, like, 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 uh, I don't expect, uh, you know, if, if my book is coming out, you know, Scott Snyder's at IDW now with his original stuff. Mm-hmm. If like, if, if, if my book is coming out the same week as a scott snyder book i don't really expect there to be as much hype coming from idw over over our book uh, as i would for the snyder book because that's just kind of like what makes sense for them to the company it's you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so it's not like i'm I'm not trying to knock anybody i'm just saying that it's like you know they have like kind of marketing budgets and they have a lot of stuff on their plate that they have to balance and it's like with with you as a creator don't you have that you have that thing you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like it's like one hundred percent your piece of the pie. So it's like so you, yeah. you you know, you got to you got to get out there and do what you can. Even for like 
even if it's just, you know, even if it doesn't work, at least you could tell yourself, like, I did everything I could. You know, I didn't leave anything on the table. I know John's got to wrap up real quick. So I want to ask a real quick question to, to John. Um, you mentioned that you sent about 10,000 emails out talking about uh, talk, talking about the last ride of Pillar and Pride. So like so like real quick, like give us give us that John Lee's pitch. Like, why? Why are we buying? Why are we pre-ordering this new comic? Like, what's well, what's there for us? The I want to give you this beautiful pitch and you won't understand it because it's this accent. <laughs> um, okay, so the last ride of Power and Pride is a horror comedy mystery about these two friends, Ben Power and Eli Pride, um, who have been friends their whole life. They kind of first came together through this intense form of experience when they were kids, when they became local heroes, when they saved this young girl's life from a madman. And in the intervening years, um, they've always stuck together. They've kind of built a career as writers for themselves, kind of cashing in on their um, brief window of fame by kind of releasing a series of you know young adult adventure novels starring fictionalized versions of themselves as kid detectives. And but now like they're adults, um, the kind of careers on the wane, and they're both kind of going their separate ways in life. Like you know Ben has got a new career, he's got a fiance, and Eli's kind of just like stuck in yeah, the past, kind of no direction. And so they make this plan to go off on this big road trip back to their old hometown. For Ben, for Eli, it is a chance to kind of rekindle their friendship and get ideas for new books and relaunch their writing career. But for Ben's um, perspective, this is goodbye. This is their last ride, hence the name. Mm. and when they get back to their old hometown, they discover the re-emergence of an old evil um, with possible links to their um, childhood um, and what happened back then. So the book kind of jumps back and forth from past to present. So you're piecing together a mystery of what's happening while also telling the story of these two people's lives and their friendship. So it's like, yeah, on one hand, it's a kind of big rollicking, kind of like, you know, bloody mystery, horror, genre hopping, mad house. But on the other hand, it's also um, a real story, kind of real personal story of a friendship very character driven and i think it's going to surprise people with the directions it takes as the story goes on um like i say like it's very much kind of in terms of influences it's very much kind of like cozy murder vibes like knives out and um only murders in the building um but with some more kind of like and since it was mentioned there a lot of like edgar wright elements in there kind of connect trilogy i think me and joe were talking about it we said it's like a stephen king movie directed by edgar wright um that's the kind of vibe we're going for um and so, yes, I hope you guys dig it. Like I say, it's available for pre-order now. And um, issue one launches in shops on 9th of November. You want to add uh, anything I'm else, just condense that down a little bit and say it's like Scooby-Doo meets Shaun of the Dead and Knives Out in comic form. It's the greatest thing to ever hit a page uh, this year. Glad we're squeezing it in right at the very end. Yeah. Anyone who wants to have a great time from cover to cover inside of a comic wants to pick up this book. Yeah, yeah issue one was great. Shit. That's how you do it. That's, that's a professional. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I, yeah, really, no, I really, really loved book. issue one and it, it got me, like, yeah. I'm I'm definitely excited about it. How, how, how long is this mini going to run? Is it like five, six? Five issues. Five issues. Woo, and five I will issues, say, yeah. to John's point of what he said before, um, I only read issue to issue when I'm drawing it because I don't want to like telegraph something happening down the line. But every single issue takes everything you think you know and flips it. And it keeps flipping and flipping and flipping. So by the end of two, I was like, oh, I think I know where this is going. Wrong. <laughs> then with the end of three, I definitely know where this is going to happen. 
I'm about to start a four. No, I just sent Joe the script for issue four today, and I'm yep. worried that he's going to fall out with me after he says, he's like, what? what are you doing? Uh, I've already read it, and I'm telling you, it's not what I thought was going to happen at all. And to John's credit as a writer, and hopefully I, I sell what's on the page uh, with my art, I think that it's genuinely a story that you are going to, like, generally uh, understand the camaraderie and the relationship that these characters have, and then taken through the world and the ride that John has, has kind of put them in this, this narrow set of situations where I think you as a reader are going to say, what would I do if I was in a similar situation to that? And uh, I, think it's, I, I think it's just honestly one of the best things John's ever written. And, and that's hard to say because he writes a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think, I think these are two characters, well, three counting Anna, um, that uh, you're going to go on a ride with them. So it's more than, it, you know, it, it's going to be, the last ride is the moniker, but it's going to be one hell of a, uh, ride for everyone that's going to check it out. John, you got you got time for one more quick question? Go for that. Okay, how does it I feel like since since you did your wrestling horror comic, have you yeah. noticed that like wrestling comics have just blown the fuck up? Like and they're like Yeah, you know, I, I take full credit of course. I was gonna like <laughs> I feel like you're you're a fucking trendsetter, man. Like all like has has Daniel Warren I mean, Johnson came out and because, like, Alex will know. Like we went through years of being told Nah, wrestling comics don't sell. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't think we can do this, but you know, it's like 2018, <laughs> like, kicking this around. Yeah, 2018, we've been, we've been getting it, it was like time, right? There's no market for wrestling comics, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, now it's, a, it's really nice to be part of a kind of kind of little moment here, especially with such really good books. Like, do a power mm-hmm. bonds, one of my favorite books this year, Hell is a Squared Circle, really good. Like, you know, yeah. so much cool stuff out there. And like you know, it's, it's nice to be part of like, this little moment. It's supposed to just be something in the air right now. Um, it's just kind of like you know, we're all kind of like taking from the same pool. And wow, yeah, no, it's really... each one of those books. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but after there's only way we can resolve this in the ring. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought that was cool because I, I I really dug uh, I really dug your guys's wrestling comic as well. And and I'm not a, a wrestling fan, so it's like kind of that experience with the culture and stuff was was really cool especially well, and the horror elements and the awesome one art of the coolest like... things about it is that when i first made the crimson cage it was like you know or when i first came up with the idea it was like one of the things that drove it was that i really wanted to see more wrestling comics and they weren't really on the shelves you know and i was like well i'm mm-hmm. gonna have to make it then and now like, there's a whole bunch of them for folk <laughs> like that stuff so it's like it's like, a good place to be which and is such came a crazy out before thing all of because them. the crossover <laughs> yeah. between comic fans and wrestling fans is it's huge yeah it's great yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, all, I'm finding sense. that out now with Magic the Gathering because a lot. I'll, I'll talk about that <laughs> later. But John, John, hey, it was again, John, I, all of you, but John, like, I'm so sorry I was late, uh, and and I, thank you again for coming yeah, back. Please, please continue talking without me. I'm just going to slip away. But um, <laughs> thanks, thanks again for having me on. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Blake. Um, and it's a bit early, but happy Halloween, guys. Hey. Yeah, happy yeah, Halloween, you too, buddy. John. Take care, John. Bye. But yeah, it's uh, it, it is crazy, Alex, because. And, and I mean, I know, I know co- these comics, these wrestling comics were, were being made, you know, along, it, it, they take, it, yeah. comics take so oh, yeah, long yeah, yeah. For, for to like start and then come out. But it did, it did felt like, it, like when Crimson came out and, and it was like, it was so fresh and cool. And I was like, whoa. And then like, and then DWJ does do a powerbomb. Yeah. And then, and then now uh, Chris, uh, you know, from that Texas blood dropped hell is a squared circle. Hey, and, right. and all of these, all of these wrestling comics have these, these really like, like, wonderful and sometimes like mystical and creepy spins on them uh and i just i don't like 
I, I'm going to say that you guys spearheaded it because that's what it felt like. Because like yours came out before oh, everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it's funny how it's funny how trends work, right? Like you guys drop this, and then all of a sudden, like everything, you know, the, some of this other stuff oh, is yeah. following. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm glad. Like it, like I said, like as someone who is not familiar with wrestling and and gets very confused, like on Twitter when all my friends are talking about it, like when during the week when the events go on, and yeah. I have like no fucking idea what anyone's talking about, <laughs> and then to say like you know like like to read these comics and be like wow like you you know it's um it's very cool to me that you guys can orient your readers and and settle them into these new cultures right and just kind of like make me feel at home and make me feel like i know what i'm talking or that i know enough to experience the story so yeah I was, um kudos to you guys for for doing that because crimson cage was great and everybody the trade's out right now everybody should go everybody should go buy that too because it's it's a wonderful right. comic well blake I think to, your, to, your, to blake's point like all the books you're naming that happen to have wrestling as the as the you know the nugget of storytelling similarities yeah. they're all really really good books like yeah. You know what I mean? It, a good story is a good story. Like I remember uh, a little while ago, um, I mean, maybe it's a longer while ago, like Chew, right? Chew sounds like a crazy idea, mm. but yeah. the idea can be as crazy as you want. If you can execute it the way that mm. like Rob Guillory and, and John Lehman did with that book, you, yeah. you could do anything. I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, we can go back and look, but I guarantee you there were maybe when, when something gets hot, then a few people jump on board with a, what they think is a movement of, oh, like food-based comics or whatever. And I mm -hmm. guarantee you they didn't hit as well. But like, I think wrestling has such connectivity to the comic space that like all these creators were like, oh, I have this idea for this. Like, I mean, I think John's pitch Crimson Cage is like almost a Macbeth uh, in, yeah. in yeah. comic storytelling, right? Yeah. Like, that's a genius mm -hmm. idea. Um, you know, hell is a squared circle is a great idea. Like, and I think that the, the strength of hell is a squared circle is that, if I'm not wrong, it's a one shot, right? Yeah. 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 That's an easy sell for people that are coming in there. Like, here you go. It's all here in one shot. Yeah, it's That's a it. It's a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. as having the trade out for Crimson. Crimson right. Cage, the trade's out now. Go pick it up in one shot and be done with it. That's right. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I remember when we started doing this, uh, I was worried. We were trying to get it out before the Macbeth movie, like the Coen brothers movie. Mm. And, uh, cause that's what I was, I wasn't even thinking about any of the comics doing like, the wrestling bit was just a part of it. I was thinking like, yeah, I want to get this out before that Coen Brothers movies because I don't want to be like, you know, like, oh, Johnny Come Lately, that movie just came out, so they're doing mm. this. And, like, and, and yeah, like we were saying, like we were kicking this around for years now. Well, Alex, just out of curiosity, because the book has like a 70s territory wrestling yeah, vibe yeah. to it. So yeah. what did you do for re reference? Like, did you just... Oh, dude, I... Um, so... Like uh, with wrestling, I stopped re watching wrestling uh, when my brother went to college because my brother loves wrestling. And he's also, and you guys know, he's a huge uh, uh, comic book fan and wrestling fan. And the reason why I'm in comic books at all is because he's like, hey, you should do this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff was um, remembering what I was watching on WWF when I was little, like a little kid. Like uh, like what I did was, uh, this was like an old, old trick where I was thinking like the main guy. I was like, he looked like uh, Macho Man, but I didn't look up any pictures of Macho Man. I was like, all right, what did Macho Man look like? I'll draw that picture. And that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, same with like a bunch of others. Like the most, the one that stayed the closest to the actual person is probably uh, uh, Emerald. Who's kind of like yeah, Reclair, yeah, yeah. which was a little on the nose, but yeah, <laughs> it looked good. But yeah, you know, whatever. I get the draw. Well, Rick hold Flair. on. One person on this meeting that I know of has definitely met Reclair. So. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like an elevator or something. Yeah. Oh, really? Out of an elevator. Well, not me. <laughs> he kicked us and a whole bunch of people out of an elevator. Uh, we, 
we were in uh, Vancouver. Uh, I was I was there shooting a commercial with uh, with my day job. She was there, I think, for like a wrestling show or something. And it was like uh, eleven o'clock at night. Uh, we were just getting back to the hotel from dinner and uh, waiting in the lobby for the for the um for the elevator and just sort of like look over and realize holy shit that that's rick flair he's he's waiting (laughs) for the elevator too uh he was with uh, his wife and uh uh, i guess like you'd call it like an entourage you know because there's like a couple of other guys a couple of other women um so the elevator comes and they they move to get on and like i'm kind of inching forward being like oh this is pretty awesome i'm gonna ride an elevator with rick flair turns around it's like private party folks sorry it's private party private party uh, like like backing up like towards the elevator like nobody got on the elevator my party is like oh, we were here like, first man. i was like all right i mean like you're rick flair so okay but you just got big time rick flair flair. Up an elevator. <laughs> But uh, and just as the doors were closing, I was just like, "Woo!" I get the idea that they would then open it up like we didn't realize you were fans. Come on, yeah, 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 come yeah, on yeah. in. I, I had no idea. Oh, years ago, I had a buddy, and I'm not going to give any specifics because I don't know about the uh, the laws. Years ago. I had a buddy who worked for a limo company and he used to get all these wrestlers phone numbers because they needed them mm. to to like schedule yeah. pickups and stuff. I had Ric Flair's number. I had Kevin Nash's number. I had like, well, I would Hank call them so much to where <laughs> they would get so angry. I remember Triple H being like, who the fuck do you think? Like he's screaming at me. And I was like, I was like, you look like a bitch on TV today. And I'm just like teasing <laughs> And he's like, who is this? And I, I like, it was, it was the best because all of them would cut promos on me as I was heckling them. And I was like, this is the best. You should have oh, yeah. My, my day job. Jerky boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What was the other one? Uh, crank Yankers with the puppets. That was pretty good. Too. Oh, with Jim Florentine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my day job, I, I remotely run offices for home inspector companies like all over. And uh, well, I got one of our companies is in, is in New Orleans. And I get this call one day and this guy's talking to me and he's got this custom house, right? I'm, I'm having to ask all these questions and I'm trying to not like be annoying, you know, but there's like, he's, he's got all these additions on this house and it's huge. And, you know, when I pull up the info online, it was like, I was like, sir, this says like 4,400 square feet. He's like, yeah, we like did something. It's it's like 9,000 square feet. Now we did all this. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, what'd you do? And I'm like, take the notes and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, so I'm going to have to like call my boss and, and have him kind of go over this and get you a custom quote for the inspection. And I was like, you know, what's your name? And he's like, uh, Brett Favre. And I was like, oh, like the football mm-hmm. players? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm Brett Favre. And I was like, oh, oh shit. And I accidentally said, like, <laughs> on the phone, I was like, I was like, oh shit. I was, oh, sorry, sir. What, uh, what's, I was like, and then I got weird. I, I, I got like, I was like, um, I was like, Brett, do you, do you want to give me your phone number to call you back or should I use an email? I was like, what information are you comfortable giving us? And, and he was like, I'll just give you my email. And then, and then, so I ended up getting this custom quote for him and, and then like ended up like talking to him again to set it up and a handful of the, like one of the inspectors at this company was like, he like called and he was like, let me talk to Blake. And I was like, Hey, what's up, Bo? What's going on? He was like, you put me on that job. He was like, <laughs> Cause they had, they had this team and he, he was like, you make sure I'm one of those inspectors. And so, but yeah, it was just funny. I, I totally, my boss, my boss gave me like a rash of shit for saying oh shit on the phone i, I, I didn't, didn't, to, you know? didn't brett Favre just get busted for like using charity for oh, like I don't, I don't know yeah he yeah, got busted yeah. for something like he used charity he, money he like diverted uh he diverted welfare money that was supposed to go to like you know struggling people in kansas to build like a volleyball arena oh uh, for look at that for, so uh, maybe it was blake maybe that was blake was checking yeah. out the houses that he was spending the money on 
I don't know. Yeah, Blake, you might you might need to get in touch with the FBI. Or... Yeah, yeah, fuck, I got I got a lawyer. It's the first the first Blake's Buzz episode I ever had to lawyer up. <laughs> we like to be memorable, dude. We like to be memorable. That's, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like make me wait fifteen minutes again, motherfucker. Like you gotta get a lawyer. Uh, I, now I do want to bring up. Um, you know, we were talking about the 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 you know mass influx of like wrestling fans and comic fans and how there's like a good crossover there. I've also recently found out that there's a big crossover for Magic the Gathering and and comic book fans uh, and people that I've interviewed lately. I'd like I just went to a card shop yesterday and, and bought the first cards I've bought since grade school because I, I kind of want to mm-hmm. start the, the shops real close. Like I'm kind of excited to like go there and play and like uh, and uh, some of the other creatives I've talked to, like they're into it. And so like, I've been, I've been like nerding out on magic, the gathering recently. And, and I know uh, rich is rich just got signed up with boom and he's going to be work. Now, I, I wanted to ask you, cause like Jed's Jed McKay is still writing these, right? Are you, are you doing like spinoff series? Are you guys writing together? Like, no, what's going on? Uh, yeah, like we're writing together. Uh, you know, Jed is like, uh, he's a friend uh, and he's also uh, just blowing up at Marvel, you know, like he, he's writing uh, <laughs> Moon Knight writing strange um he's he's got a lot of really cool stuff in the pipeline too um so it's basically like he kind of felt like he wasn't able to give the series as much attention as as he's been giving it um so um i guess he spoke to boom and floated my name as somebody to come on um and uh and help out with that so so yeah we, we basically like work together like um uh you know like when we we're thinking of like the plot for this arc like we you know talk about it back and forth um uh you know i get notes from him and stuff and when i when i go through the scripts and stuff um uh, but yeah like we're, we're we're collaborating on it um but it's been an amazing experience because uh, it, it really is kind of like, um, you know, you have to keep certain things in mind as far as like what you can use and what you can't use. But like the shackles are really off as far as like, you know, using all the cool characters and all the, you know, settings and stuff in the universe. So it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun to write. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check out the, the comics. Um, it, I, I, so I, I found some of the older stuff, too, like on comics, comicsology mm-hmm. and stuff. And and then like because there's so much lore in magic yeah. the gathering there's like a, a widespread intense mythos lots of novels and shit and like there's so much like you can nerd out on and i was yeah, reading I mean, about the comics like 30 years yeah it's crazy like yeah. I, like i remember i remember like playing when they first came like my buddy's mom took us to toys r us to like buy magic cards and like you know we were playing at recess and then i, I went to a catholic school and they they found out like this like magic like and dungeons that like people thought dungeons and dragons at that time with like everybody was devil worshippers and shit and then like sure. they thought like they mm-hmm. thought we were all like fucking casting spells at recess and tried to ban this card game and then that made <laughs> us want to play it even more uh and i was all like so so yeah it's it's uh like a, a lot of uh nostalgia coming back like when i and then but oh i finally know what it feels like for like a new person to get into comics and like walk into mm-hmm. a comic shop right and look around yeah, and be like what the fuck do i buy that was my experience yesterday and luckily the, the clerk was real cool and he like 
he was talking to me and and he was like well you, you probably want to get this commander deck because that's that's actually what we play here and he's like so if you wanted to like learn more about that and you can come in like three days a week we do that and everybody's pretty friendly and you can hop on a table and he like kind of helped me you know buy some stuff and and then also like talked me down on some so he was like that's too expensive like he's like you can get more for less like let me and i mean so like he could have got me for a lot of money right and instead he was like really real with me and so i was like i was like man that's really like i really appreciated that and i, I shouted them i shouted out their shop of course on twitter and their shops like inactive on twitter they're all on facebook and all my audience <laughs> is on twitter but i tried to shout them out everywhere i could because i just i thought it was really cool but yeah i'm, I'm really stoked about the comic i'm real. I, I was stoked about it when you were going to come on it right and then now that i'm like starting to like want to get back into this world like it's it's really intriguing but i i read online and i don't this wasn't like from a real source so i don't know if like how factual this is but like are the new boom comics are they canon do you know they're no well they're like their own kind of their their own continuity you know okay. it's almost like uh like an alternate universe from like uh whatever is like taking place in the you know in the card game metagame or, or whatever okay. you want to call it um but that being said like we really do try to kind of um honor and not contradict anything that goes on like in the storyline of the game you know what i mean so yeah it's uh you know so like basically like everything that happened in the storyline of the game happened in the comics it's just like we're sort of coming at it from like a different way almost like in the same way as like um you know like when the the marvel movies are different from the marvel comics because you got to tell the story that's like you know going to work in in uh in movie format you know so like for the comics it's like we're using the canon as like um as like our um as our compass as to like you know like what 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 happens and what has happened and what makes these characters and places like who they are but it's not like um it's not like uh a one-to-one kind of thing you know okay now because your fantasy is in your wheelhouse like your your first big comic mm -hmm. release was was fantasy right yeah it was gutter magic yeah yeah it was uh and, yeah and that like gutter magic kind of came from you know being a big fan of, of dungeons and dragons and and magic the gathering because i used to play that like when i was a lot younger too probably you know went same same as you like where i was like you know uh it was like oh wow this is a weird card game amazing art like you know and just started mm -hmm. playing it so i definitely have that that that, that's another like cool part of this project is that little like kind of nostalgia thing because i can remember like just like having so many of these cards like i was like a themed like you know yeah just go go buy a booster and like try to get like the rare cards and stuff so i remember selling all my cards in grade school when i when i quit playing and i didn't have to mm -hmm. i didn't have a ton but i like you yeah. know any money in grade school is money right Good so money. i sold yeah. i sold this big big box of cards for 20 bucks and this kid fucking paid me mm -hmm. in quarters and they weren't even, they weren't even like roll right. so he brought this like ziploc bag yeah, from the yeah. quarters to school and nice like book. i had to count them all out and then i was like what the fuck am i gonna do 20 dollars for the quarters yeah. but yeah <laughs> i still regret that i'd like there I, I have no idea what kind of money I lost because I, I don't really nah, know what yeah, stuff's I mean, worth. I mean, like nowadays, yeah, like I have no idea. Like, and, you know, you see stuff on eBay, like 
certain because since I've been like you know working on it, I've been like looking up a lot of stuff on like mm -hmm. uh, you know like online like wikis and stuff like that. So I have a lot of like magic and Magic the Gathering in my search history. So like every ad, every time I open up Facebook, for like, magic. <laughs> ads for Magic the Gathering and it's cards on eBay, and it'll be a card. I'll be like, oh, I know I had that, and you look what it's going for on eBay. And it's like four thousand dollars, and I'm like, Oh my god, because <laughs> I know it's like it, it's either I sold it for like 20 bucks or it's like in a landfill somewhere you know what i mean because like, <laughs> like it got lost like in one of the times i was moving or something yeah or, or your dog your just, dog grabbed it and ate yeah. half of it or something <laughs> yeah but i mean like you know you can't feel bad about it it's just like it is what it is but it's just like it's just funny how like you know um you know there really is, are a lot of like magic fans out there so it's, yeah it's uh, it's it's a it's a big it's know, a big deal cool. and, and like i said i'm i'm excited to like kind of you know hey hey i need i want to meet more nerds like my i don't have a lot of real nerd friends that aren't online like most of my mm -hmm. real life friends like they're they think the podcast is cool and neat and they think what i do is cool and they, they'll watch the movies and stuff sometimes but no one really reads comics and like they're just mm -hmm. they're just like that's neat you know that's neat like we'll put that on the refrigerator for you like good job <laughs> and, and uh and so like the idea of like getting out there and like meeting more local nerds and maybe finding you know meeting like as i'm 36 man meeting new friends is hard these days oh, you yeah. know it's like how the fuck you know like be, I, like i'm single too like a lot of times i'm like man how, like i stress more about like meeting new friends than i do about like meeting like women or like potential potential women to date or something you know and it's like the idea <laughs> of meeting friends is even more stressful i'm just like yeah anyway, but, I, I, mean, I like, think that seems cool yeah stuff like magic and D, D though is great for that because it's like you you kind of have to play it with other people so it's like you know if yeah. you go to like your your card store or like even like my i think the reason why there's a lot of crossovers because a lot of comic stores sell magic too you yeah. know like my my local store uh they stopped with the pandemic but they would have magic tournaments like you know twice a week three times a mm -hmm. week they would host D D games there like every weekend and it's like you know you go and it's like yeah like you know some of it is like kids but some of it is just like you know geeks like our age who are just like you know like love what they love and, and want to you know looking for other people to, to play it what if we and, could know, combine the two and make it a D and D and like a date night? So it's like speed dating with, you know, <laughs> you know? there you go. Yeah. Magic games can go quick. If you got to, you know, got to get oh, yeah. magic, games, make it magic. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you just call it magic mate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's 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 the that's the Alex, let's right get there. on legal zoom right now and trademark that. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to get There's that written balls. down and say lawyers. <laughs> Rich Rich, was it was it intimidating to to hop in at because he's he's written what like eight eighteen or more issues right now, Jed has or so, and to like hop yeah. in there and um did are, I'm sure the editors help a little bit, but like, did you have to do like a lot of research into the like new yeah. lore, new characters and stuff? I mean, it was a little bit intimidating because, you know, it was like, um, so there, yeah, Jed uh had written 18 issues at the time and, and then two more i, I think he, like 20 is like the last issue he's like the solo writer on so i had to get up to speed with that there have been a couple of spin-off series and, and one shots so i had to read all that like you know that was like you know the bare minimum but then it's like to kind of you know understand like the larger scope and like you know kind of what is out there in like the universe of magic the gathering that they didn't they haven't done yet in the comic that we might want to go you know characters we, we might want to want to bring in 
plot lines, stuff like that. It was like, yeah. So I did like a really deep dive into like um, just where the game has been for the last like, you know, like 20 years since I played it. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's the sort of thing like I was always like aware of, like every time I go in the comic shop, they'd be like, oh, yeah, magic, like check that out. That's that's really cool artwork stuff like that but I wasn't so much paying attention to like you know the uh the details of it so I had to catch up and it was it's a lot to catch up on but I bet you yeah. know the but I mean the cool thing about it is is that it's like you know it's like oh no make me read about really cool shit like dragons and <laughs> yeah there's and there's like worse that, you know what I mean that, like, I, I do I say the same thing like when I when I say like I'm doing homework for the podcast like you yeah. know like it's I call it homework but I'm reading like awesome fucking comics made by people that I respect yeah. and I'm excited to talk about so <laughs> yeah it's not it's not like it's not like uh I'm writing like you know economics the gathering and i have to like read like you know <laughs> like uh you know 20 20 years worst of like off ever. <laughs> you know, textbooks and shit like that like you know it's fun for me like you know it's it. so like uh doing research on it was you know maybe there was like a moment of like intimidation at first but it was a lot of fun and then i think once we you know once we kind of narrowed in on the story and I sent it to the editors and they're like, we love this. And then we send it to Wizards of the Coast and they're like, we love this. And it's like, you know, then you just sort of get to the place where you're like, all right, we could do this. We can make this, you know, That's awesome. we can make this a really awesome book. So I'm very excited for it. I am too, man. Like uh, I, I dig the way you write fantasies. And, and like I said, like I'm, I was up till three o'clock in the morning last night, fucking watching magic, the gathering YouTube videos. Like, I mean, like I, <laughs> I just, I got like this new bug in me that like, I'm just excited mm -hmm. about it. And, and now there's like also this comic book magic crossover of like one of my like favorite writers that I get to like, like I'm like so excited to experience. So yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked um, for you to get on that too. They, the, the trades they release are in like these really pretty hard covers from boom. So like, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be cool to like add you to that collection. I'm really excited about it. Um, and it's just, like I said, well, like I said the last time we talked, man, it's just it's cool seeing you pop off right now, and and I'm and it's cool seeing oh, like thanks, all the different stuff you're getting to do. Like you know, you got to write Superman, and and you got to do some Marvel stuff, and and now you're gonna now you're going back, and you know, you're you're still up in horror on on Kickstarter with with Comics Tribe, and then now you're gonna hop over to to Boom and go back to fantasy and like kind of like back to your you know roots and like I'm just I'm 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 really uh, I'm really stoked about it, man, and I'm I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're getting to I'm glad you're like it seems like you're having a good time these days and I feel well, like you deserve it I, so. like, yeah like I'll just say like you know like buckle up because next year is going to be a ride um you know like I think it's funny because like uh the boom thing was like completely unexpected like you know I I didn't it was just sort of like they emailed me and I was really into it and stuff but um you know i'm always like pitching comics to places you know and like i think um because my experience has always been like okay well if i want to get one series picked up i should have like three or four pitches like in the mix because you know maybe one if i'm lucky two people are going to say yes you know so um having had a lot of time at home to write over the past couple of years i had had i had worked up like like quite a few pitches and just sent them out to a bunch of different companies and uh expecting like you know maybe one one yes or, or whatever but everybody said yes <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh i'm going to be really busy from now uh until uh you know 
middle of next year and then then we'll see what happens but that's all just stuff that like you know i initiated you know and it's like i, I do like have people like boom you know coming to me for like the magic thing i have a uh, couple of other things that were like you know kind of surprises that that should be cool and you know it's like it's crazy because like you know i don't want to like jinx anything and, and i'm like you know i don't want to sound like uh you know uh it's not like bragging or anything like that it's just that it's like it's just like a lot of things kind of fell into place in like a good way and i'm like i'm really really happy about it really excited that's awesome i'm sure alex is too because they're like you know he's like when 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 yeah. you're when you're when the, one of the co-creators on on your next book is is you know like you know, in, in everybody's you know business and emails and everybody's talking about them. And then like, you know, like that, that new IDW book, you know, any, anything that can like, we talked about it earlier, you know, even, even from like a bigger, pu- bigger publishers and stuff, comics are still hard to sell sometimes. And you, and you gotta, you know, stand above the, mm-hmm. the wide berth of content out there. Right. And, and so like, you know, after, yeah. after, after reading uh, road of bones and sea of sorrows, um, whatever the the new of book the the, the of trilogy i just i'm i'm so excited like you two together like do really fucking terrifying comics like it's just like the the the, the whole deal like when i finished road of bones uh i i know i know alex has to go real quick i just i gotta i gotta tell no, you, you both know, like, yeah, right. um like when i finished road You're of bones up, i right? yeah. I, I, I sat there for a second and i was like so was it real like i was like was it the monster was it the guy like and i'm like thinking and then like i i scroll and and then i read rich's essay about like his his family background and and how like uh and then at the end of the short essay it's like i want you to be unsure and i was like oh thank god i'm not a shitty reader like (laughs) um but it it just i was like i was i really did like i sat there for a little bit just like a exhausted because it it uh one when you have that trade you can't even if you gotta like even if you gotta go to the bathroom or something like you're finishing this thing like you can't stop those four issues once you start like Mm -hmm. like when you got that collection like and so i just i I was like i felt like i held my breath the whole time right and then finally like I, i like let the air out and i'm like I'm like holy shit man like cannibals is creepy enough right but you guys like amped it ramped it up to like a, a whole new level and and like just the <laughs> the imagery and stuff and and then the uh again like the uh you know like when the the guys the sailors that were like out on the sea and like these guys are like losing their minds and they're dealing with this this insane trauma that most of us can't really even comprehend uh you know let alone relate to so it's it's totally alien um but we're also like totally absorbed into the story I just haven't read a lot of comics like that. And I'm, I'm really excited that, that you two are, are going to get uh, back, back at IDW to, to just fuck with my mental stability even more. Like I, I like, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to like pay you guys money to traumatize me basically. <laughs> We're happy to do it. Well, I, this, this new, this new book we, we've kind of been traumatizing each other with because like, uh, I'm making Alex do um, oh my God. some some uncomfortable research, visual research for uh, when he has to do references. Yeah. And then when he sends me back the artwork, it makes me a little uncomfortable. And, uh, <laughs> out. So, oh, is there uh, backgrounds so in this good. one? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joseph, 
So this is the thing. Let me give Alex a book completely set on a white background of snow. And Mine just, yeah, it's all white, just basically it's the rocks, you know. Joe's doing inventing brand new trees, brand new flowers, you know. The new book is called The Joy of Purgatory, and it's just white it's a lot of close-ups and then you but yeah like and then like see Sarah's is all underwater like it's all black so, yeah so yeah so this one think, uh this new yeah. one yeah i was i've been thinking about for the last couple of months, so yeah i swear is justin uh, is justin lettering it again for you guys you got the whole team yeah, just, we, got, we got justin nice back. that's that's um, what i want to look for i want to when yeah. i want him to like tweet out about how uncomfortable you guys are making him because uh, like <laughs> I, I feel like that's the key like if, if you guys can like trip out justin enough to like make him like tweet like i i can't unsee this image these guys just sent me like that's the that's that's yeah. the test of that's the test of power <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, Alex, I I know I know uh, I, I know we've we I've, we're going on an hour forty, uh, and, and, and yeah. so I I know we need to wrap it up. You guys, you guys got families and shit, and 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 I, Joe's got something to draw apparently over there. He's I'm making as we speak, so it's okay. I'm <laughs> yeah, I, I see, you can see some glasses right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. I listen. I am. All, I do this traditionally. I'm not like Alex who just touches a button and all of a sudden everything well, goes black. That's it. You just <laughs> type it. Just click, click, click. Bam. That I, all was that the AI work. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what the A and AI stands for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alex Incel? Is that what the? <laughs> that's, that's his. That's his magic mate profile name. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna say this: if you're listening to this, it's coming out next week, so New York Comic Con will already have been over. But uh, Alex, uh, Rich, and I will have added probably ten good, hilarious stories of things. Yeah. Uh, after that <laughs> Uh, Alex, yeah. where's where's a good place to like keep keep track of you online and, and follow oh, you? Um, and... Yeah, jump on uh, Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Alex Cormac four, and uh, and I always say like I was the fourth guy on there, and I don't really know how to change it. I don't really care. So it's Alex <laughs> Cormac four, uh, and yeah, on Instagram, Alex Cormac Illustrator, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook too, and all that crap. Just Google me. Type in Alex Cormac, <laughs> and uh, I'll show up somewhere. <laughs> and and or, I, or I, buy I, one of my books and uh, buy Rota Bones or Sink or uh, CSROs or uh, any zillion books that I'm doing. And yeah, just, yeah, buy all of them and and or and feel free to back one of the fifty uh, Kickstarter campaigns he's doing covers for. He's everywhere sure, on Kickstarter yeah. too, um, which again I think is all. I I think it's really cool you do that because you you're finding success in, in other outlets and, and i know you get paid for these things obviously but i also know like a lot of kickstarter outlets can't probably afford to pay you as much as other people can oh, they, and, hey, all right they will <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think it's cool you, you still work with them because you're you're the image the imagery is so eye-catching alone but but everybody knows your name too so for like for you to kind of like help out other projects like that with like like we talked about like like a like a bill sinkovich cover but like i mean on kickstarter when you see an alex cormick cover uh it's it's terrifying and and you know like you know you're gonna have uh something good to, to check out between those covers uh and so i just think it's cool you still uh i think it's i think it's cool you all you guys still like work within the crowdfunding means while while you're finding success in other outlets and endeavors uh, i think you're all i think you're all really great guys you're all like 
you're all super you're all super funny and easy to talk to and and so so damn talented uh and 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 again joe like i love i love your horror work and i'll die on that hill like anytime you need me to bud and i appreciate it dude hopefully it's not a hill we need to die on but uh, i appreciate the kind words i appreciate you guys having us on i appreciate you slogging through alex talking because he he, the problem with Alex is, and I, I, I'm trying to start this fake feud with him. On every show I go on, I'm like, I won't talk about him. But now I'm confronted with his smooth Vermontonian face, and it drives me bananas. To be so just, fast, you just so look too friendly, too so friendly. It's, it's a burden you wear well, my friend. Uh, <laughs> before before we wrap up, though, I, I do want to ask, like, how much longer do I have to wait for Happy Hill number five? I, uh, I know you guys are busy. By years but... end to have the Kickstarter going. Okay. Um, you know, because like like we said, Comic Tribe does a lot of stuff like with with quality and care and between mm-hmm. paper shortages and a little hiccup with, with production and stuff. So, um, you know, it's pretty much we're, we're hoping to get it all wrapped by the end of the year, if not the start of next, to, to have the Kickstarter okay. go out. And then, you know, the way Tyler does it, it kind of bumps right into the direct market release. Yeah, because I mean, it's your guys' fault. You the, you the first, I feel like the first four were just like back to back. We got them really quick, you know, and then, and I know things happen and uh, things get busy and yes, paper shortages and supply chain and stuff. But yeah, I just, it's just so good. I've just missed it. Right. And, and, and I can't well, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, I'll, let's see. So I have, I have the issue right here. Oh, yeah, it's exclusive right here. Here's a show. Well, <laughs> show you some of, some of the pages. Let's see. I don't want to give away. We are going to show what the woodsman looks like. Oh, without the mask? That's exciting. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I'll give you. Let's see. You can see here we got some uh, some go. of the paint. You know. So we're we're we're. Man, that's some get some gorgeous line work, man. You're so good. You know, oh, yeah. We're getting in there. I don't want to. This starts giving away stuff. I don't want to. But like, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Look, look at those nine. Look at who's who's making you do those nine panel grids? Because Joe, you 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 both write this, right? You both work on the script too, right? No, I can't yep. blame Rich for that at all. That's hundred percent on me. Okay. Like I just, I had this story for Happy Hill. When Rich jumped on board, he made every single edit better. So uh, having him on board, it was great. So uh, I hope it's not the last thing we collaborate on. Uh, hopefully, it won't be. Is this going to um, be the last? Is five like the last of an arc, or are you guys going to like let it? It's sit the last for an arc, but kind of like I don't know if you've read the Wailing Blade uh, hardcover mm-hmm. or the the collection. No, what no. what Comics Tribe does is we do like all the issues give you a story. So those first five issues of the first arc gives you the tight story, but then in the collected edition to give you a little extra bang for your buck, we do put in like a two to three page prologue for where it would go next. Like we did the same thing with like I said, Wailing Blade. That's epilogue. Exciting. The epilogue, thank you. <laughs> See, it's I'm always editing him. That's, that's yeah, why yeah. You, can tell, you can tell how exhausted Rich was too. Like, I'm always editing this guy. guy. <laughs> my, my, this is why there's gray in my beers working with Joe Mulvey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I take I take pleasure in every single gray that I afford my writers. <laughs> <laughs> uh joe joe where's the where's a good place to find you at man uh joe mulv on all socials j-o-e-m-u-l-v uh because unlike alex there wasn't a four but the real joe mulvey <laughs> not that i'm not the real joe mulvey but the other joe mulvey is a guy who likes to post photos of his fish so if you see a lot of trout and bass pictures that is in fact not me <laughs> I'm just jumbled. I didn't know. I didn't know what he was going to say at first. He's like, "This guy likes to post a lot of pictures." Yeah, of post pictures now. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like fish. Like, fish. That's his thing. But his fish. Yeah. What's he doing with those eel? Yeah. <laughs> they don't look happy. I'm going to say that. <laughs> they don't look like willing participants. 
<laughs> oh man, and, and 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 last but not least, uh, uh, Rich, uh, where I mean, all you guys are going to be at, at New York next week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll yeah John's not going to be there, but yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, nice. We'll and then, Rich, uh, where do we where do we uh, find you at? Keep track of you, bud. Uh, well, there's not a lot of uh, Duex out there, so uh, if you go, if you search up uh, Rich Duex, you'll find me. But I'm at, at @hardduex on pretty much every social media platform. So uh, that'll work on Twitter. It'll work on Instagram. It'll work on TikTok, uh, which I don't have a ton Ooh. of stuff on because I still don't know how the fuck it works. Um, <laughs> and, just uh, dance, Rich. Everything you do, yeah, just, just dance. dance. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, you can go to rduex.com. I have a newsletter. Uh, you can sign up for it there and that will, you know, you'll get all the news about me directly to your inbox. I promise not to be too annoying. Uh, I'm not sending them out. Like I don't send them out like weekly or anything. I just, you know, uh, basically like when I have news, you will, you'll be like the first to hear about it. No, I like, I like your newsletter. I dig it. I'm, I, oh, I'm, I, I have to start writing my own newsletter cause I launched a Patreon and, and it just, it just hit me today. I got, I got my first uh, Patreon payment today and I was like, fuck now i have to like write a newsletter and do this <laughs> do this new podcast for my patreons which i'm excited about but yeah it's uh uh you know yeah, yeah. I, it's nervous I'm, I'm nervous too but it's it's nice to have uh you know, I, I can like steal like yours and John, I like your, John, John has a really great uh, newsletter too. And I can like steal your guys' ideas and, and make it look like <laughs> I'm smart. Uh, guys, this was so fun. And I, again, I am so sorry. I can't tell time. Thank you for being patient and waiting on me so much. Uh, thank you for, thank you for hanging out with me. And uh, some of you for the second time, you're all awesome and talented. I hope you have a blast in New York. I can't imagine you guys not having a blast together because this conversation was wonderful. And I'm really excited for my listeners to get to uh, check it out and and i can't recommend all of these books we've talked about yeah. enough like make sure to, to pre-order the last ride of pillar and pride uh joe can fucking draw he's awesome and and john can write um rich i'm i'm so i'm so stoked for magic the gathering man and uh and and for when we when you guys have time and and when uh happy hill five happens i'm stoked alex everything you draw gives me nightmares but i love it and i i'm stoked to see what new cover you do and i'm i'm re- i'm very excited for the announcement uh next week for your guys's new project i'll definitely be there for that one guys bag of shit is going to be the best thing they've ever worked on <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic yeah it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be the audio clip of just john lee's just <laughs> pile of shit and then like incomprehensible laughter like that's uh, that's gonna yep. sell the show that, yeah that's about it yeah <laughs> Hey, thanks so much, man. This is fun. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate fun. guys. Have a, have yeah, a wonderful day. Have a great con next week. And, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys on the internet, I'm sure. Appreciate you. Awesome. Be well, buddy. Thanks Take for the care. time. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah. Buzz, buzz, babies. I've got a big buzzing announcement for you. There's now a Blake's Buzz Patreon. If you love the show, the live streams, the reviews, then you can help support it. For just three bucks a month, you can help me chase a fucking dream. If you want to pay a little extra, I've got some dope content you can be a part of as well. At $4 a month, you'll have access to my upcoming newsletter, The Hive Mind. I'm going to talk comics, podcasting, food, dogs, and some cool behind-the-scenes action for Blake's Buzz. For $5 a month, you'll gain access to an exclusive Patreon podcast, The Honeypot, The Sweet Spot, for nerd news. It'll drop twice a month. I'll be talking about new indies worth pre-ordering, live Kickstarters worth backing, and sexy collected editions to keep your shelf selfies looking spicy. I've already got a handful of subscribers, and I can't thank you all enough for being so incredibly generous and awesome. Also, make sure to subscribe to The Buzz Stack, 
sometimes when I love a comic so goddamn much, I gotta write about its awesomeness. And it's free! You can head over to blakesbuzz.com to check it out right now. While you're out there absorbing all my awesome content, you might as well head over to the Blake's Buzz YouTube channel and subscribe. I do live shows almost every week, and it's a great place to find indie comics to enjoy. Finally, make sure to follow me. There's the Blake's Buzz page on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at at Blake's Buzz. Whether you subscribe to the Patreon, the YouTube channel, or just listen to the podcast sometimes, none of this would be possible without all of you awesome people. So remember, love more, hate less, and read comics. I'll see you on the internets, baby.